0: It's going to be in John chapter six. I'm oh, sorry, uh, Matthew. All right, so Matthew chapter 6, and I want us to pray quickly with the scriptures in verse number 30 through verse number 33, and we will do a small recap, find out if there is any question, (coughs) and if we still have some time, then we can uh, touch few things on the topic that we began last sunday uh, which will tie to i am the light john chapter six from verse 30 i'm gonna read from message translation it says okay there's something about john that (laughs) got stuck in my head we'll probably go to john six later Matthew chapter, <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, and we want to read from verse 30. If, if God gives such attention to the appearance of white flowers, you know, it's a long story, but I just want to pick it from here. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of white flowers, most of which are never, ever seen, Don't you think he will attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. The place of rest is a place where you are not preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. When we are preoccupied with getting, we don't see what God is giving. We're not able to respond to what He is giving. So, tonight, we want to pray concerning the things that God has given us. That we have been so preoccupied with getting, and we are missing what he has already given us. And that is the place of unrest. When we enter rest, we are no longer preoccupied with getting because we are busy responding to what he has already given. So let's pray concerning those things that God has given unto us tonight that God will enable us to be able to respond to his giving. Every twinkle of the clock, God is giving. God never ceases to give. But when we are preoccupied with getting, we are not responding to his giving. So let's talk to God tonight, that everything God has given unto us, that God will enable us to respond to His giving, so our attention will be responding to His giving, as opposed to getting. Just preoccupied with getting. God wants to shift our attention tonight to what He is giving us, because everything He has given us is more than enough, more than sufficient. He has given us everything, everything, everything. But the Holy Spirit will need to help us to respond to all that he has given unto us. When we begin to respond to what he has given unto us, we will see that day that be for us, the more than day that be against us. God, open my eyes. Open my spiritual awakening that I may respond to your giving as opposed to being preoccupied with getting. I want to be Occupy with responding to your giving. That my eyes will be open to all that you have given. That my sensitivity will be awakened to all that you have given. That I will no longer be oblivious of what you have given. But I will be quickened to respond to what you have given. In the name of Jesus. Lord, energize my spirit. Energize my sensitivity to your giving. I want to respond to your giving. All I want to do is to respond to all that you have given unto me. So, Lord, give me the strength. Give me the grace. Give me the power of your spirit to begin to respond to your giving. Lord, to begin to see all that you have given unto me. All the help that is around me. All that you have given unto me, Lord. I want to respond to your giving. In the name of Jesus, empower me, O Lord. Quicken my spirit. Enlighten my eyes that I may see and respond to everything that you have given unto me. In the name of Jesus, that I will not be so preoccupied with getting and miss the opportunity to respond to what you've given unto me lord we thank you we glorify your name we give you all the glory we give you all the honor in jesus name we have prayed let's be seated All right, so last Sunday we looked into the proclamation of Jesus or the proclamation of the Word of God, wherein Jesus says, I am the light. And uh, I think last week I was rushing so much that I didn't have time for us to go through all the scriptures. I have too many scriptures, and I just realized there's no way we can go through it. Uh, within this short period of time, but I want to begin tonight by reading some of the scriptures and then we, we, you know, if there are questions, at least um, from where we stopped last Sunday, we can quickly address those questions and then um, see if we have some time to talk more on this. I want to start from John chapter 1, John chapter 1, I will read from verse 1 verse number 5, John chapter 1, I am the light, that's what the word of God says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Key word that I want us to pay attention to is the fact that God said the light that was referencing here was with God in the beginning. In Genesis, that's why we went to Genesis. God was referring us back that if we won't understand this light, we have to go back to the beginning. Because this light was with God from the beginning. And so that was why we went to Genesis, to start from Genesis, to begin to understand. What does it mean? What does it mean when he says, I am the light? And what does it mean when he says, you are the light? So, Jesus, I mean, God... According to the scriptures, it's referring us back to Genesis, to the beginning. That's one key point I want us to uh, note. The second thing here is um, that God is telling us um, the purpose of light. He said the light shineth into darkness, and darkness comprehends it not. So God wants us to understand what it means when Jesus says, I am the light. We need to understand darkness. We need to understand darkness. Otherwise, we will not be able to comprehend light. And we touched on that last Sunday. Amen? And um, the other piece that I want us to pay attention to is the fact that he said, In him, that light was life. And he said, That life is the light of men. So, Jesus is the light. And God is saying, in Jesus is life. And that life is the light of men. So, we understood what the light means. And we are now seeing what the light is for. The light is for men. The light is for men. So, we want to pay attention to men. In that scripture. Amen? So the first thing is the light was in the beginning with God, and the light we already know now is Jesus, and there is life in him, and that life in Jesus is the light of men. And light displaces darkness. Amen? So the light, darkness, and men. John chapter 8. John chapter 8 we read again in verse 12 then spake Jesus again unto them saying I am the light of the word he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life in Jesus' life there is light. And he now says, there is a need for light in life, in man's life. And Jesus is that light. So if any man does not have that light, he or she will be in darkness in life. His life will be in darkness, or her life will be in darkness because that light is the light of men and if any man has it he will have the light of life and he will not be in darkness john chapter 9 verse 5 also he says as long as i am in the world i am the light of the world john chapter 12 in verse 46 he says, I am come, a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Do we see the repetitiveness of darkness, light, men? Okay, that's why I said we have to pay attention to, to those. So let's go now back to John, uh, Matthew chapter 5 again. We're going to read Matthew this time around, and it's in sh- chapter number 5. Matthew, chapter 5, and verse number, hmm, there's no way we can read all of this. So let's pick it from verse verse number 2, and we will jump. We can start from verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth. And taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of heaven. That's why we, we touched briefly on the kingdom of heaven. Trying to understand the epiphany of the kingdom of heaven from the work of creation. Okay, so it, I'm going to jump to verse 13. Let's jump to verse 13. Ye are the sort of the earth, but if the sort have lost his savor. Where will shall it be sorted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to trodden on the foot of men. Verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. You seen light men, light darkness, light men. You seen the connection? <clears throat> Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Okay, there is a new word that is introduced here now walk we've not had that now let your light shine so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven amen Uh, okay well Let's stop there for now. Otherwise, we're going to read the Bible through the... <laughs> so we've seen how this is going. Last Sunday, we touched briefly on trying to understand light from Genesis. And we touched briefly on trying to understand darkness and how light displaces darkness. And we try to understand... The relationship between God and the first Adam, because this light is referring to the second Adam. So we needed to understand the first Adam for us to comprehend the second Adam. And so as we begin to look at the relationship between God and the first Adam, the relationship between the second Adam and man will begin to make sense. And that's what we're trying to do. Amen? So we saw how the God was dealing with Adam, the first Adam. And we saw the relationship between Adam, and that was after the light was introduced, right? Because man was not created until light was introduced. So after light was introduced, we saw that God now made Adam, and he formed a relationship between him and Adam. The same way we see when Jesus is introduced there's a relationship between a man and Jesus the light and we saw we try to understand that relationship between Adam the first Adam and God so we can comprehend the relationship between the second Adam and us and the first Adam we saw how God was trying to help Adam to fulfill a purpose. And the purpose for which Adam was created was that Adam was a replica of God. He was created in the likeness and in the nature of God. And that was his purpose for life. To be here on earth and show who God is. So that when people see him in this part of eternity, they understand who God is. And that was the relationship, the partner relationship between Adam and God. And so we realized that relationship become very critical in this factor, uh, in this uh, equation. So God and Adam had a relationship. And at some point, we realized that God gave work. Remember the last word that we added? Work. God gave work to Adam as part of the partner relationship. And in the same manner, we are seeing here now in the new dispensation, when we are dealing with the second Adam, where he's now saying, The light, let your light, let it shine among men, so that they can see your good work. The work that started in the Garden of Eden. Amen. So, as we're studying Adam, the first Adam, we saw how at some point, because of the prophecy when God created man, after he said, let's make man in our image in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, he went ahead, he said, let them prosper, let them reproduce, let them fill the earth, let them subdue it, right? And so, God was beginning to manifest that in his relationship with Adam. So he was adding. They were two, God and Adam. Later on, God said, I needed to add to this relationship. And God called that addition help, a suitable help, for the sole purpose of the initial purpose, so that Adam can fulfill that purpose, reflect God. So he created help. And in the, in the person of Eve, and he gave that help to Adam. Amen? I think we got, it, got so that far as we're studying that relationship. And we saw how that Adam, in everything he has done up to that moment, was very good. But in my version, I realized that he missed it by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. He didn't call Eve what God called Eve. He called Eve a woman because she was taken out of man. God expressed multiple times that he is going to provide help to him. Amen? And so, in fact, let's look at Genesis chapter 4 to strengthen that insinuation. Cause that's my insinuation, amen. Um, if you look at Genesis chapter four, you will see um, where Adam now, hopefully, had learned. Genesis four, I believe. Genesis chapter four. Let's see from verse one in message translation. Say, so let me show you. The implication of this. Uh, Oh, okay. Looks like I need glasses. I'm in Galatian, not Genesis. All right, sorry about that. Genesis chapter (laughs) 4, verse number 1. Adam... Did something with uh, yeah, well? Oh yeah. Adam did something with his wife. She conceived and had Cain. Look at what she said. I mean what he said. Um and had Cain. She said, I have gotten a man with God's help. Um what Eve, that was that was from Eve. When God gave help to Adam, Adam called it a woman. When God gave help to Eve, Eve called it help. The Bible said she conceived and had Cain, and she said, I have gotten a man with God's help. For whatsoever mysterious reason, God is now showing Adam what he missed, in my opinion. When I gave you help, you didn't call it help. Now let me teach you from your wife. That's why men should always listen sometimes to their wives. (laughs) Yep. The woman got it right. This time. She said, I have gotten a man from God through God's help. Hallelujah. Ah. I'm telling you, we need to give up. They are more right than wrong. Whether we like it or not. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yep. <laughs> it's the truth. You can. <laughs> All you need to do is take statistics. Take statistics, count the right and the wrong. For both you and her. At the end of the year, do the math. You will be shocked. Amen? <laughs> so Eve got it right. She was able to design what God was doing with that addition. And you will see in the new dispensation, Jesus often repeatedly said, I think it was in John chapter 10, all that the Father has given unto me. You see, we pray earlier that God will quicken us to understand and respond to his giving as opposed to being preoccupied to getting Jesus said, All that the Father has given unto me. So, the relationship between the light, Jesus, and the help that God has provided to him. All that the Lord has given unto me. This is the mystery. Jesus is the Savior. He is the one that God sent to the world. Pay attention to this. To reveal God to man. The same way God created the first Adam. To reveal God to man. The help that God provided to the first Adam is a replica of the help that God provided to Jesus. Why I emphasize that Adam missed it. They didn't recognize that this was a gift. Jesus recognized it was a gift. All that the Father has given unto me. So for Jesus to manifest. What God created him for. God sent him here. Even though he was with God. That's, that's another mystery. Even though he was with God. God created him and sent him down to the earth in order to represent the second Adam in the same scenario because the first Adam was created. That's why the birth of Jesus was different. It was unique. So Jesus recognized the help. Jesus is seeing us as help or helper. Are you with me so far? This is, this is critical. Jesus was sent to the world to reveal who God is to humanity. And those that God is sending to Jesus, those who Jesus came to reveal God to, Jesus sees them as helper. Why? Wow. Because when they see God in Jesus, Jesus has fulfilled purpose. They are helping Jesus to fulfill purpose. Because the purpose of Jesus was to reveal God to man. So every time a man becomes born again, Jesus fulfill purpose. But the relationship between Jesus and man was such that Jesus is seeing man as a help from God to help him fulfill his ministry. Remember this, Jesus was in flesh at this point. What is the translation? (laughs) Jesus now said, we are the light. We are the light. Once you are in Jesus now, then you are the light. So what would the relationship between you And the helper, those you will reveal God to, how do you see them? The first Adam didn't recognize or discern correctly. But the second Adam did. What is missing in our lives that we just prayed about, Even though we are now the light, we have received Jesus, we have a purpose now. The same purpose from the beginning of creation. To reveal God to man. And the strategy is in this relationship. As long as I don't see it the way Jesus sees it, I don't, as long as I don't see that every relationship, every addition that God brings into my life is a help for me to fulfill purpose, I'm going to be like the first Adam. The second Adam, Jesus, made it clear demonstrated that relationship. That's why he said, those that the Father has given unto me, no one can take them away. None can take them away from me. Why? They will help me to fulfill purpose. That's when Apostle John said, Let me, let's call fire to consume them. He said, you don't know the spirit that is in you. These are your helpers. Why will you call fire to consume your helper? Those that are designed and created to help you fulfill purpose. See, this is a mystery. But if we get it, it is a game changer. It means that every time God brings me into a relationship, if I can see correctly and understand God's giving, my response to God's giving will be different. And as long as I'm responding correctly, guess what? It does not matter who that person is. God has sent that help into my life so that through that individu- individual I'm able to fulfill purpose. It's a mystery. We can only understand it through the help of the Spirit of God. But Let me repeat it again. Jesus was the Savior but he receives us as help to help him fulfill Purpose. That's why his attitude towards us was different. doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter how wrong we get. It doesn't matter what we do. He is bent at helping. Because he sees us as those who will help him fulfill purpose. The reason our relationship with either our children, husband, wife, parents, the reason it is not fulfilling purpose is this way we've received it. How do we see it? How do we see it? How do we see those relationships that the second Adam has brought unto us? Are they light? I mean, as, as light, are they our helper? to manifest God's glory. Yes, they are. Because as soon as you do all that God equipped you to do, to make that individual see God, you're not the one doing it. It's God that is in you. If that individual ever sees God, you have fulfilled destiny. But if you don't see that this individual is my helper, Is the person that will help me fulfill purpose because once he sees God, I am fulfilled. If I am in a relationship and that fellow cannot see God, it's a problem for me. It's a problem. I'm not saying you should carry that problem, but it's a challenge. For the Jesus that is in you. How about that? If my wife. Cannot see God. In our relationship. There is something wrong. If my co-worker. That God has brought to me. Through the relationship of work. Business relationship. My relationship with them should be such that I see them as helper of my purpose. When I know that if they see God in me, I have fulfilled purpose, guess what? I'm willing to lay down my life for them. That's the reason Jesus will not hesitate to lay down his life for us. Amen? Amen? Did you realize the first Adam threw Eve under the bus? He said, the woman you gave to me. It's not a gift. Not a gift. That's what is the critical issue today in Christianity. If the first Adam designed correctly and knows that if it was a gift from God, the response would have been different. So, the key in all of these is for us to follow the second Adam, to understand the second Adam's principle, to understand how he relates with those that God sent to him. Is that clear enough? Or at least a little bit? Okay, let's see if we have questions. I think if we, um, if we get that, um, just like we read in that book of Matthew, chapter 6, if you read further you see where it says it says steep your life in God's reality. Don't worry about missing out. This is God's reality. When we steep our lives in God's reality and manifest the light we are then we will begin to see the same result that God proposed. From the beginning of creation. Because every time we fulfill purpose, every time we manifest, every time someone sees God in us, heaven is ablazed in joy. Heaven is ablazed with joy. And the earth will be blessed for it. Because God don't owe no man. Amen. Do we have any question? I mean, there are several tools that God gave to us that we can glean by studying the first Adam and the second Adam and to see how, does this, how do I do this? The first thing is to have this understanding. And as soon as we comprehend this, and we adjust our lives to fit into the second Adam. We will begin to see some unbelievable, unbelievable manifestation of God. Amen. Any questions? If anything is not clear, I'd like to make it clear before I, um, I proceed. Uh, with the little time we have left, yeah, Amen. Ma'am? Yes, yes, ma'am.
1: Um, I just wanted to say that, um, <clears throat> you know, just with everything that we've been learning, and even with the prayer um, on Sunday about being released. Um, to our ministries, I've learned just even just in the past few days, um, just the importance of just keeping that sensitivity always, um, especially with common things that maybe seem common irritants, mm-hmm. as I would say. Yeah. So just in the in the past few days, I mean, just in my own um, profession that's Every, it seems like everybody that walked through my door had depression, anxiety, off the rip, bipolar, everything. And for whatever reason, they don't do what I tell them to do, but they just sit there. And then the minute that I've kind of started to just remember, like, I was, this is what I was just released to. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be in my genre, but... I had to become sensitive, sens- you know, yes. and then the minute that I adjusted my mindset, yeah. I was able to pray for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they look, they, they turn and says, I, whether they feel God's presence and, mm-hmm. you know, just deep things that typically in the office visits you're not supposed to kind of discuss. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, I just have that access. Yeah. I don't have to tiptoe and ask what is your prayer? like? What is, you know, what do you do? What is, what is your vice? You know, I don't have to tiptoe because immediately they come and says, Oh, I know God is the head, but so it just kind of allows me to now, you know, do more. But the sensitivity at yes. first wasn't there. But yes. once I aligned it, yeah, it's just like an open door.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as soon as our spirit is in alignment, as soon as we, we guess it and we understand and we do what we need to do by adjusting, adjusting to that, that this is who I am. This is who I am. And once we move to that space, heaven lines up with it. And then we begin to see what God proposed from the beginning, we begin to manifest because God backs up everything he plans to do. His purpose. The whole power of heaven is behind his purpose for our creation. You know, as long as we're not in alignment, um, we shortchange. We shortchange. As a, let's, as a matter of fact, let's read a scripture. Let's read a scripture in, uh, I believe it's Matthew 6 or so. Matthew 6, and th- this is uh, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, um, and ju- there, ju- um, there are just some scriptures that, I don't know, when you read them and God gives you inspiration, um, they're just more than enough to set us um, on our way. Let's read Matthew 6, um, let me just go to... Okay, I don't, verse 14, verse 14, yes, Matthew 6, verse 14, and 15, it said, in prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. He's just giving an example. To strengthen the faith or the truth that in prayer there's a connection between what God does and what you do. If you refuse to do your path, you cut yourself off from God's path. <laughs> Did you hear that? So there is always a connection between the heaven and the earth. So when we're in place of prayers or when we're in place of doing whatsoever it is we do, you know, relative to God, it says there is a connection between what we do and what God does. And if we refuse to do our path, it says we are cut off from his path. Because it's a partner relationship. It's a joint venture. So if heaven has a purpose, I need to align with it. That's what he's saying. That's my part. My part is to align with what God is doing. What is the purpose of heaven? As soon as I align with it, Everything else will line up. That's what God is saying. Amen? Yes.
2: Thank you. Um, I guess my question is, I'm hearing about aligning with Christ, and it sounds great, and I would love to, um, but sometimes I feel like I don't have the, oh, I don't personally feel like I have the tools, and I'll give you an example. I have this thing where, Whenever I get really, like, it's really cold right now, and I'm always thinking, God, I would love to go to, like, downtown and maybe give out some soup or something to someone and just let them know that God really loves them. But then I stop because I'm like, well, yeah, it's easy for me to tell people that God loves them. I'm in a house. I'm warm. I'm great, you know. But how do I convince somebody who is sitting down and doesn't have anywhere to go or anywhere to stay? They're freezing that God loves them? How do I convince that person? And I know before, I know it's not really necessarily my job to convince them, Mm -hmm. but it's just, I guess I'm always just, I kind of stop myself. I'm always afraid of what the response is going to be. So I just kind of back out of it, you know? So I'm like, okay, how do I tell this person that God loves them when they're here and they have nothing really to look forward to besides just being cold for the next, you know, However long, but anyway. Just, some, just something that I'm struggling with personally. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about it and how would you go by. Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's, that's exactly, um, you know, where if we expand a little bit on that scriptures, um, that's why God is saying there is a path. It's, a, it's a, a partner relationship. There is a path for God, and there is a path for me. Okay? So sometimes there's a thin line between that wherein we step into God's path. Right? And that's where we begin to get burdened. And that's where understanding and and having this insight, you know, helps. It is entirely God's business how a man becomes born again or comes to understand the love of God. My goal is to understand who I am, like we're saying, that I am the light, as he says. And then I am watching him, how he relates. And then I simply do the same thing. So he receives me before you became born again, that's how he receives you. You see, the burden of the entire world is on the shoulder of God. Because right from the beginning, he planned that the entire world would be God-like men and women. But today, not everyone is God-like men and women. Yeah, God has not given up on his plan and purpose. He has a strategy. He has a plan. So, most of the time, some of those people might not necessarily come to know God through you. So he will always give you the opportunity when you are aligned. So when your heart is right, okay, when everything within you is right and you see such, because, again, keep in mind, going to downtown is great, right? Right? Or going to every other place is great. They are just all over the world. They are unbelievers, people that have yet to know God. Okay, so we cannot carry that burden on our shoulder. No, that's for Jesus to carry. That's not for us. But He has given us relationships, those that the Father has given unto me. Okay? So it begins from our family in my home, my wife and myself, my children. How do I receive them? As soon as I am doing what I need to do, guess what? If I step out to the workplace, he will give me opportunity there as well. Right? He will open it up. You know? And if, if he wants to expand it to downtown, that's, he's going to do that. So I just keep busy doing what I I'm able to do what he's exposed me to because there are other relationships other than those that are in downtown. He will will affect or infect those as you live as light, as you do what you need to do. So I've talked about the niche, how that God gives us a niche. So just as long as our spirit is aligned and we are in that right frame of mind, the rest is on Him. Don't ever put your neck on the burden that is meant for Him because there is a part that we need to play and there's a part that He needs to play. And all He wants us to do is just to align with Him. As we align with Him, He begins to open up those opportunities and we just, you know, gladly follow. Amen? Does that help?
3: Yes, sir. Okay. Um, if what I'm hearing well is um, if what I'm w- we're hearing is well, I, I'm thinking by extrapolation it means as God has us uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, we we'll also see the good, the bad, and the ugly in our spheres of influence. Okay, so which means um, if Um, Okay, like the Bible says, um, uh, do as much as possible to live peaceably with all men. So, which means, as he has tolerated us. Um, That scripture used to be a challenge to me. Uh, Live peaceably with all men, even those you make all attempts to, you know, they still evade you. But, you know, if you want to look at it that way, God has tolerated us so much. Most of us, by now, we don't know where we would have been if he had not intervened. So, which means this long robe he gave us, he expects us as well to extend to those within our spheres of influence. You are bosses, your colleagues, you are everybody you meet, whether they are good, they are bad, they are ugly. Try to live peaceably with all men, and then your light will shine. As they see you tolerate them, then you are satisfying uh, God's purpose. Within your sphere of influence, you cannot do everything, cannot touch the world. But God has given us enough. Our neighbors, even within our family system, we have enough to, I mean, show our light on, so that they will see that, I mean, we are light as unto God, and then uh, we are fulfilling the purpose to which God has given each one of us.
0: That's correct. Any other?
4: Uh, In in uh, 2003 or so, when did I work in the prison? Uh, 2003, I was privileged to work in the prisons, the Atlanta prison. I was privileged to work in the women's prison, the Atlanta prison. And uh, it was not my purpose to work in that prison. Actually, after getting my RN license, I was looking for a job, and I sat down at home. I applied to everywhere, and no job was coming. So I started praying to God. I said, God, what do you want me to do? Which job do you prepare for me? So what happened was my next door neighbor, who happened to be an LPN, went to the prison to look for a job that day. So she left the kids with me. She left her children with me and went for the job. So, when she got there, they interviewed her, the panel interviewed her. After the interview, they find out that this lady, uh, she's an LPN and they, actually, the job they wanted was for an RN. So, they, they were, as they were just uh, thinking about what they are going to do, she stepped in and said, I have an RN in the house. My next zonibo is an RN, and she has been looking for a job for a while. They said, go bring her. That was, and I prepared, wore my clothes and decided to go to the prison to see, uh, to see them. So I thought they were going to interview me with my dressing and everything. They said, no, we just want all your, uh, all your credentials. We don't have time to interview because the governor is coming in two weeks' time. And we want somebody to be in that position. That was why I got myself into this job. But what I wanted to bring out in this uh, scenario is that when I got there, I began to ask God, why did you bring me here? Of all places, the prison. Because they have to check me. They have to do everything. They are search before I start work every day. Then God spoke to me. He said, go, go and open Jeremiah chapter 2. That's why I brought you here. I started looking for a Bible in the prison. After I got the Bible, then God spoke to me that I brought you here as a prophet to these stiff naked people. That was what was in that scripture that I brought you here, so that as a prophet to these people, so that you will be able to teach them. So as I was walking there, I could not reach all of them. I could not reach all these prisoners. What I did was to call one of my colleagues who was a Christian. So they usually. Uh, uh, bring their names in the morning, like a bunch of names, about four or five hundred names to us, that these are the people that we are going to take care of today. So when they bring, uh, when they bring these, uh, these names, I and the other colleague will go into the room, will lock ourselves in, inside the room, and will begin to pray on those names. We could not reach everybody. But when we started praying on those names, there was a revival that took place in that prison. And all these people, they begin to come to us, you know, that, and they are all going, you know, They started some of them that are not born again, you know, there was this revival that came inside this prison, and all of them started getting born again. So that's what I'm talking about, that we cannot reach anybody, but God, in a city, he knows how to reach everybody's heart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Praise it. the Lord. As long as we are aligned and our heart aligns with what he is saying, and we are looking at him, in following after him, after his partner, here we do what he says, and we do, and um, we will just be seeing the result and be wondering, "Wow, you know." So yeah, I've um, I've learned that early. So we should never put our, you know, neck into God's body. We have a part; He has a part. Let Him play His part. We just concentrate on our part, and we see how. Um, he designed the whole thing to work out. Amen. I think our, our time is spent. Any other question? Um, you can reach out to me. We can uh, always discuss it. Let's just rise and, and talk to God and pray. God said, we are the light. And uh, that's who we are. And he has pleased relationships in our lives. So that our light can shine to displace the darkness, so that God can perfect the work of creation in every relationship that He has brought us into. So let's thank God for what He has given us. He has given us everything. There is just more than enough, even though we, in the physical, there are so many things that we need, so many things that we think we need which are legitimate. They are all staring at us in the face. But God wants us to respond to what he has given. Let's thank him for what he has given. Give him praise. Look around you and just think about what he has given and give him thanks for it. Look around and say, Lord, thank you for these that you have given unto me. And let our attitude moving forward be such that we see All that the Father has given unto us as a gift, as a gift, as a help, a suitable help, to help us manifest, manifest the purpose for which we are created. That every man and every woman that God will bring unto us, they are our helpers. They are our helpers. They are our helpers. helpers. I want us to pay attention to that. They are our helpers our attitude should not be like we're helping them (laughs) we have to get that they are our helper to fulfill the calling and the purpose of god upon our lives they are the men and the women we are trusting that they will see god because of the relationship we have and so when they see god that's when we fulfill purpose so they are our helper just as we are helper to jesus these men and these women, this relationship that God is bringing into our lives, they are our helper of destiny. They are to help us fulfill the callings of God upon our lives. And so it's a game changer. Once the Lord established that in our heart, our relationship will change dramatically. And we begin to see God having the light he needs to perfect the work of creation. Lord, we thank you. We glorify your name. We worship you. The Lord, that you who have said we are the light. And when our light shines among men, men will see our good works. In them we glorify your name. This is our purpose. This is the reason you have created us. Every man and every woman you have given us, we receive them as your help. And as we shine, they will see Our good works. And the glory and the honor shall be yours. As we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Let's say the grace.